Amen. Luke chapter 15 is where I'll be. Uh, I'll be in just two verses we're going to focus in uh, this week. Luke 15 verse 1 says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to hear him. The tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Have you ever had a friend who embarrassed you? Like, like you, you, Anthony's about to raise his hand. Yep, it's my pastor. <laughs> but someone where you, you can't, it's not safe to go to public places with this person because you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know which story they're going to bring up from your past and just share with everyone. The people you're trying to impress, you have no idea what to expect from them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Erica, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're sitting right next. Don't look at the person. You're, you're like, yeah, I, I brought them to church. <laughs> it's my husband, my wife. I, I've had friends who've embarrassed me, man. I mean, like Urso Watson. Urso, you, some of you guys know who he makes the videos, that guy. I won't point him out. He's here this morning. I have countless stories about how this guy has literally completely humiliated me in front of some very important people. I'm like, what? Dude, do you, you don't even know these people. I'm a pa- pastor. They can't hear that. Why are you saying such a thing? I remember, this happened recently. This is a true story. We're at Jack in the Box in my neighborhood. I will probably see these people again. Some of them may have even visited our church before. We're going through the drive-thru, and Ursel, he's, he's, a, he's a bigger guy, and so, you know, he doesn't make any bones about it. Um, uh, Ursel is sitting in the passenger seat. I'm in the driver's seat, and we're making our order. He's the one making the order, right? Now, when, the, when, when you're in a drive-thru, the person who's taking your order assumes that who's taking, who's making the order? The driver, right. Okay, so just... I'm in the driver's seat. He's in the passenger seat. He's making the order. I'll take a number one, and my fat friend will take a number three, and, and a Slurpee, and a, all, he's making all these. And I'm just kind of like, what are you doing right now? And please make sure you make it an extra large for my fat friend. My fat friend wants to eat. I'm like, what are you doing? <sighs> and he keeps saying, my fat friend. Then he gets the drink. He's like, yeah, I'll have an orange. Make sure it's an extra large orange soda. I like it to be Fanta. But my fat friend will take a root beer. We get around to pay for it. And the person's just kind of looking like this. Like, that'll be $12.99. So rude. What kind of a person are you? They look over at Ursel. Sorry. What did you, I did not eat my meal. I am sure, I am double sure that they spat in my drink. I'm sure of it. I have other stories, things that he's done to me. I mean, like, like seriously, like, I can tell you stories that you'd be like, oh my gosh, that really happened, Pastor? Pastor, you need therapy. 
This is my therapy right now. If you tell it, you get it off your chest. I'll never give him the microphone at church because payback is a grandmother. <laughs> I went to school in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I remember how that whole thing came about. I, I never knew anyone who lived in Lincoln, Nebraska. Never thought about Lincoln, Nebraska. I was in Michigan doing my Midwest living and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, this school has given you a scholarship. You can go there and, and, and just go to school for free for the first year. I was like, well, praise the Lord. I'll take that. So I go to Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't know a single person in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm there a week, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska. Where are the black people? I saw one person, and I got close. It was a Mexican. I was like, you're not black. Keep, keep moving. <laughs> and I look across, and there's a brother. I'm like, oh, there's another one. And he looks at me. We lock out. This is a thing that black people do. Like, I'm just <laughs> letting you all know. The other services didn't get this. There's this thing that you do. We just kind of go. <laughs> You've seen it. <laughs> you're like, they know each other. No, we don't know each other. What's up? So I do my normal. And this person from across the field goes, Bone, is that you? Now, Bone was my nickname growing up. When you move to a new place, you try to leave those things in the past. Bone, Bone. And so the people that have kind of, you know, built some new friends, and they're looking at me like, do you know that person, John? Because now I'm going by John. That's my Nebraska name. John, who is that person? They keep calling you Bone. What's that all about? That's offensive. Bone! I'm like, I, I don't know who that person is. Bone, what up, homie? What up, man? Shikashai Town! Michiana represent Bone, what up? I'm like, oh my gosh, kill me now, Jesus, kill me now. Stab me with a spoon, something, I don't know. This person is going wild, trying to get my attention. I'm just kind of like, I don't know you. Do you know, do you, John, do you know that? I think they're trying to get your attention. Finally, the guy goes, Belima! I know it's you, Belima! I'm like, oh. Embarrassing, man. This guy ruined, I mean, I'd go around to, to different classes like, hey, I understand that Kelby and you go way back. I, I, don't, I don't know him. We went to school, same high school for a semester. We were never friends. I don't know this guy. Well, he seems to sure know a lot about you. At the lunch, lunch at school. Some of you remember sitting at the wrong table and it ruining your entire reputation. Those of you in high school know what I'm talking about. Those types of dynamics also existed during Jesus' time in that there were a group of people who were constantly concerned with the type of people that Jesus was walking with, the type of people that were attracting to Jesus, the type of people that Jesus was sharing meals with. Because in First and Second Opinions, chapter 3, verse 16, you don't smoke, you don't chew, and you don't go with people that do. You don't hang out with the wrong people. You don't congregate with the wrong people because they're sinful, they're bad, and their badness and their sinfulness will jump on you and contaminate you, and God will reject you the way that he's rejected them. Jesus dealt with a group of people that went around saying, 
He's our friend. He's a friend of ours. Not, not, not that he was just a friend, but they said that he was their friend. And so, in Luke chapter 15, the objection that causes Jesus to tell these, these three stories of the shepherd who loses a sheep and the woman who loses a coin and the prodigal son is centered around the fact that Jesus is receiving tax collectors, extortionists, and sinners, poor people, blind people, lame people, people who are addicted to stuff. People who have been circulated and passed around and have a reputation for being hoes. Is that an Inland Empire word? Not garden tools, hoes. And the Pharisees are like, Jesus, we need to take care of your branding. Your branding as a righteous rabbi is completely being tarnished by these prostitutes. You've been having meals with tax collectors. When you became a tax collector in Israel back then, what would happen is this, that your entire family would reject you. They'd ask you to change your name. You were kicked out of the synagogue. You no longer were welcome to come and worship God. You were not welcome to sacrifice to have relationship with God. You, you were kicked out from the community, so you were completely abandoned by virtue of your occupation. And then the other group of sinners, people who were poor, people who were blind, the common understanding was that God had completely judged them and rejected them. And that's why they were in their station of life. Oh, you've got a bad credit score? God must hate you. You're crippled? Ooh, I don't know what you did, where you sinned, who you sinned it with, but God hates you. Oh, you're divorced? God hates divorce. Therefore, he hates the divorcee too. So people were looking at Jesus and seeing that all these types of people are drawn to him. Just to give you context, because it's very important that you understand what led to this whole conversation. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus heals the man on the Sabbath, and then he goes to a place where there's a, there's a, there's a banquet and a wedding, and, and, and the host is, has made the spread, and Jesus is like, my, this spread of food is amazing. The, 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 the special trimmings that you made for this banquet is incredible. However, when you throw a banquet or a dinner party, invite these type of people. Invite the poor. In Luke chapter 14, verse 12. 13, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When you throw a party, invite the reject. And when he says that, that's instant scandal. Instant scandal. The people are like, what type of people should we invite? The people that God has rejected? The people that have been completely kicked out of the temple. And so what Jesus here is doing is he's showing us that the kingdom of God is inclusive. It is open to all people. It is an invitation to those who are at the lowest rungs of society, to those who, who, who by virtue of their occupation or the lifestyle that they've chosen or not chosen but has been imposed on them, have been labeled sinners. Lost people, 
And Jesus says, that's who the kingdom wants. That's who Jesus wants. And then he goes on in in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. he, He says, it's open. It's inclusive. It's for everyone. But once you have an encounter with Jesus, there's a cost to discipleship. Once you've had an encounter, there is a a giving up of your former life, empowered by the Spirit to walk this way and talk this way in a new way than you did before. Amen, somebody. The, The beautiful thing about the gospel is that Jesus does not take you as you are to leave you as you are. This walk with Jesus is a walk of transformation. I'm not who I once was. I'm not yet who I'm going to be. But as I walk with him, I'm being changed moment by moment. Oh, I wish you'd have met me 10 years ago. Mm, Some of you would have loved me. Jonathan? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm not who I once was. But I'm not yet who I'm going to be. It's a walk of transformation. There is no verse in the Bible That says once you start walking with Jesus, you start looking at the people who are walking with you and start making sure that they've reached your standard. It's not in the Bible. Unless you found it. Anybody found it? It says that these people, tax collectors, con artists, extortionists, sinners were drawing near to him. The way that the the sentence is constructed in the Greek and also in the English is one where it's continuous. As Jesus is ministering, these type of people continually are being attracted to him, drawing near to him. They're not coming close enough just to hear him from a distance, but they're getting close into the intimate spaces. And Jesus, scandal, Jesus is receiving them. Not only is he receiving them, but he's also saying, let's have some in and out together. Let's go, to, let's go and, and, and have a meal together. You guys are not just outcasts, but when you come to Jesus, you're now a guest of Jesus and a friend of Jesus. I, I know that like 2,000 years later, this becomes just kind of like, yeah, I am a friend of God. I am a friend. God loves everyone. And you think that Jesus was like, God was like Barney. But 2,000 years ago, the idea that lost, jacked up, busted, disgusted, stinky, filthy sinners could have an encounter with God was unheard of. And here is God in the flesh receiving sinners. I, 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 I ask myself, what is it? That drew them to Jesus. What is it? What was it about Jesus that that would cause these people to to come to Jesus, to to walk with Jesus, to talk with Jesus, and be received by him, and, and to share meals with Jesus? What is it about him? And I have to think to myself, I believe that Jesus respected them. And I know you're waiting for something profound. Yeah, what, what is it that made these sinners and people of ill What made hoes go to Jesus? What is it? What did he do? What did he say? I believe that Jesus respected sinners. 
He respected these people who were completely opposite of who he was. He valued them. He accepted them. The thing about acceptance, acceptance doesn't mean agreement. Acceptance doesn't mean that I agree with everything. It just means that I still value who you are. I'm not going to look at your opinions and think that you're just a dog because of your opinions. But rather, I'm still going to value who you are. Though you may think different, though your value systems may not be the same as mine, though your culture may be different, though your context may be different, I'm still going to look at you as someone who bears the image of God. I, I, I... I came to church this morning and I asked someone for $20. I was like, Denise, do you have $20? She's like, yeah, I have $20. Can I borrow it? She says, you can keep it. I was like, praise the Lord. Can this be a routine every Sunday? Can you tell five friends? I'm going to pass this 20 around. I'm just going to pass. This represents a life. I'm just going to pass it around. Matt, you start it. And just pass it around. Like, you know, when it gets to you, Tommy, maybe just bring it up to me. Just pass it around. There are people whose lives have been passed around. With each encounter with a person, someone has deposited their burdens, deposited their hurts, deposited their judgments. Some of you have been passed around in life, experiencing all kinds of things. Some people cared for you. Others crushed you. Some people tried to rehabilitate you, but all they did is they broke you more. For others, you're nothing more than a toilet to took your life they maimed you they put labels on you they gave you definitions of who you were you tried to find an identity through your career through your boyfriend or boyfriends or girlfriends and and, and your life ends up looking more like this kicked around <clears throat> and the thing about God is that God no matter how you've been used abused still looks at you and still has the same initial value for you And no matter how people may see you, no matter how many times you've messed up, no matter what you've gone through, done, and all those things, the poor decisions you've made, God still looks at you and says, I still value this individual. There's still a plan in my kingdom for this individual. The thing is this, is that, Aisha, this $20 bill has been passed around. trampled but you can go to the bank of america and still get twenty dollars for it 
religion will look at this and say, you've been cast off. Too many people have touched you and taken away your innocence. Too many people have trampled on you. You've made too many poor decisions. And Jesus says, I'm blind to that. I'm not sympathetic with the sin, but I'm sympathetic with the sinner. Erica looks as if she needed lunch money. Will that 20 still work for you? You, you want to get, it's, is, that, is it not good enough for you? Someone in setup will have a $20 bill. It could have been Erica's. <laughs> it still will get $20 of value. You guys with me so far? The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him to hear him. They had seen the miracles, but they wanted to hear them. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus ends by a statement saying that he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. These people were drawing because they wanted to hear Jesus' doctrine, his teaching on the kingdom. They wanted to receive what he had to say because his words are what changed life, not his miracles. There are plenty of people who came for the show, but sometimes the broken are leaning in to hear his words of life. I prayed a dangerous prayer a few years ago when he started this church. I was like, Lord... Send us the broken, send us the busted and disgusted, send us the lost, Jesus. We want to embrace all those who are far away from you. And then Jesus started answering that prayer. And that's when it gets a little bit weird. Pastor, we have an addict who's coming to church. What do we do? Well, we love them the way Jesus loved them. Pastor, we have someone who just came to church who has three kids. She's pregnant now. She doesn't know who the daddy is, but she's been coming to church. Obviously, she has not figured out that you need to. What do we do with that person, Pastor? Pastor, I notice that this person who's been coming to church recently and and I think you're even allowing them to serve a little bit and, and help set up. I, I, I believe that I believe that they're, well, how do I say this, Pastor? I believe that they're gay. And I called my pastor friends. I was like, listen, I've got this situation. Here are the type of people that seem to be coming to, rele- coming to relevant church. What do we do? And my friend said, Jonathan, you need to ask yourself, do you want to be known as that church? Do you want to be known as that pastor that has these people who are addicted? These people who are living this lifestyle. Do, do you want to be known as that, as that pastor who, who, who creates an environment that those people can come and and?" And hear the words of Christ. Do you want to be known as that pastor? You need to ask yourself that question if you want to be branded as a church where those type of people come. Because it's, it's, it can ruin your ministry, Jonathan. I ask myself, well, what kind of church is Jesus the head of? Is he the head of the church 
of the people who are faking it till they make it? Or is he the church, the head of the church, of people who can be real with their brokenness and come and have an encounter with the one who can repair them, who can restore them? This man receives sinners and tax collectors and eats with them. When we're talking about welcome home and having a heart for the one, what we're talking about is becoming a church that receives the con artists, receives the prideful people, receives the Republican, receives the Democrat, receives the, the liberals and the conservatives, receives the pimps up and the hose down, and eat with them. The Pharisees who are making this accusation to Jesus is very likely that according to the law, that they were feeding poor people and feeding broken people. Giving out handouts, it's very likely. Have any of you ever given out money to a homeless person or, or someone? Just given it. When's the last time you actually sat down and just said, you know what, I'm going to eat this with you? Because it's a different story. I remember being in Lincoln, Nebraska, coming out of this expensive boutique store, getting some new Bakobuchi shoes. If you don't know what Bakobuchi shoes, praise the Lord, don't ever find out. It'll ruin your finances. I walk out of the store and this homeless man says, hey, you got a couple dollars to spare? And I said, I know what you're going to do with my couple dollars. You're going to buy booze with it. No, I don't. But I'll buy you lunch. Ding! Brownie point with Jesus. So we walk across the Wendy's and I go inside and all the people who are there, businessmen, because we're downtown and it's all businessmen that are there. They're looking at me saying, good job, good job. Helping out the poor. I saw that homeless man myself, and I would have done the same thing you're doing. You, you can just tell the eye contact is telling you the same story, you know. I buy this guy a meal. I'm like, what do you want? Choose whatever you want. Get, get double of it. Get some for later on. And he buys all this stuff. He gets all this stuff. I pay for it. And he says, let's go sit down over there. And I'm like, nah. I got to go. And he opens his arms and says, let me hug you. Thank you so much. The moment he opened up his arms to embrace me is the moment that Armageddon came from his armpits. And I stepped back. I said, "Mm mm-mm, here's a handshake, brother. I was willing to religiously feed him, but I was not willing to receive him and eat with him. The kingdom of God is one where we don't just give handouts, but we receive the broken, receive the poor, receive the prideful, receive the sinners, the tax collectors, and we embrace them and take them in. Because you know what? It's not about what we see, but rather the value that God has placed on their life. Welcome home is about receiving the sinners, the broken. This Easter, the invite is to those in your family who haven't gotten it figured out. Those who are not yet at your level. And let them know that Jesus is okay with becoming your friend. He's not embarrassed. He already took the shame for you on the cross. You can be vulnerable and come to him. Amen? Do I want to be that church? Yes. Do I want to be that pastor? Yes.
And the thing about being that church and being that pastor is that there will always be contradictions and, and messy and fuzzy areas. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. A person on my row has not gotten it together. You know what? Don't worry about it. Keep walking with Jesus. Keep following Jesus. Because as you keep following Jesus, they'll look at your life and say, maybe I could follow that way. Discipleship is not something that begins once someone meets Jesus. It's something that begins before they're part of Jesus' team. Very important for us to understand that disciples, the disciples, the 12 disciples, were not regenerated when they were walking with Jesus. Regeneration took place after Christ had been resurrected. That's when he breathed the Holy Spirit on them and they received him. A lot of times we think that the moment you start walking with Jesus, I have to be perfect. No, you can still cuss like Peter. Cuss some ears off like Peter. We just know that the more you you behold his image and follow after him, the more you become like him, the more you start seeing things like him. Amen? The more that life is imparted to you. May we never, ever forget that the same mercy and grace that God has sent is the same mercy and grace that's going to get them in. Amen? God, I thank you so much for your word this morning. May we not forget that our hallelujah and our praise the Lord is based on the fact that we couldn't do it, but you accomplished it on our behalf. That you took our shame, that you took our sins, and you nailed them on the cross. And because you resurrected, we now can resurrect a new life. May we love people the way that you love them. May they be attracted to us the way that you're, they were attracted to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.